2: What they don't realize is that when you become your true self the weight of that lifted off your shoulders is so huge that the alternative of being straight is not appealing to me, you know?
3: Well, I think it was partly my family, but I thought, well, I don't want to be pigeonholed into this Asian thing. So it was like, well, wait a second. I was trained as a classical actress. That's what I'm going to do.
1: It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. Welcome to The Margaret Show, where we talk to people you know and people you should know. Today, we talk to somebody you should know very well. She is great. Fortune Feimster is an old friend of mine and is so funny, and we got to catch up. Yeah, coming out of the dark. Oh. Thanks for coming on.
2: Hey, Margaret! I'm so happy to be here. I know. My I... house is cool. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah, I have, to, I have to ask you about pool stuff. Now, you love. Have you been going in your pool since you got it? A lot? Yes,
2: I love it, having one. Mm-hmm. Only because in LA it's warm. So hot. A lot of the times And summer is so hot. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you have pool
2: parties? Not really. Mm-hmm. We're we we're bad at entertaining.
1: It's hard to. Yeah.
2: I don't like to. Our house is small mm-hmm. and.
1: And I mean, we could
2: certainly have people over, but we just kind of forget. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, that's an option. We, we're we adults and can invite people. I, I think because I've been on the road pretty nonstop for mm-hmm. like a year and a half. And mm-hmm. when we get home, we're just like, oh, the couch, our dogs, yeah. TV. Like we don't, we kind of like hermit, hermit. I love ourselves. that though,
1: because you need that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like when you're on the road as much as you are, which I get like, Sunday through Wednesday is totally sacred, and
2: you're exerting so much energy, right? Through these, because sh- you know I'm still at the the club. Level. Oh, me too. I do. I'm, I do everything. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like four or five shows a weekend, yeah. and meet and greets at everyone. Yeah, so it's, a, it's lot. a lot,
1: and then also like the press stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. radio in the morning. It always like takes it out of me. Yeah, all day. Yeah, and know? so
2: I just want to be. Sometimes I just want to be alone when yeah. I get home.
1: I agree. I I understand. Like it's just so um I get in this weird thing like on Sunday when I'm flying home, I make all these like crazy like plans, like things I'm gonna do when oh, I get yeah. home. <laughs> and then like you get home at like Sunday, it's like eight o'clock and then you're trying to know. do a million things. It's <laughs> like really like, why am I doing this? I know. And and then I
2: then I'm trying to do local shows too and Oh
1: yeah, yeah. The last
2: thing I wanna do is go do shows during the week. It's hard. Yeah, But it
1: also, what I like about doing local shows is that it gives you a place to work out comedy that isn't necessarily going to go on, like, a long set. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: like, it kind of gives you a chance to be more experimental Yeah, and do things, like, new things and just just see what's going on. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I get, like, hesitant to, like, I want to do sets where I'm just doing a bunch of new stuff, but Mm -hmm. I chicken out sometimes. Yeah. And I start to sort of bookend it on my tour dates so i'll be like oh i'm gonna add this like 10 minute new bit in the middle but locally i'm like more hesitant to to try for some reason Mm -hmm. i don't know why
1: there is also a lot of pressure in a way Mm -hmm. because it's like everybody in town is there's like this showcasing mentality Mm -hmm. where everybody's constantly auditioning yeah
2: i think that's totally what it is where you just feel like Oh, I, they expect a certain thing, and I don't want to just get up there and suck. Yeah. But, but, you know, then I but I see everybody up there with notebooks. I'm like, what am I doing?
1: That notebooks
2: know? is so 90s. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was almost like if in the 90s, if you were trying to do a set without a notebook, people were like, mm. and in, in the 90s, it was kind of taboo to be funny. Oh, wow.
2: that's so funny. <laughs> and
1: prepared. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was this weird thing... Um, when we were like sort of at the dawn of like alternative comedy or whatever mm-hmm. that is there was like the divide of comedians you were either an alternative comic yeah. or you were like a club comic. Oh, interesting. And a club comic meant you were like oh you were always on evening at the improv and mm-hmm. um you had that like, one act that, that, that you were late night do. set kind yeah, of Yeah, the late thing. night 5 yeah. minutes like or f- it was 4 minutes and like 40 seconds is yeah. a set because uh, there would be like one minute and 20 seconds of laughter if you were mm-hmm. really going for it. And so um, that was like the thing of like the divide between comics, like who was yeah. like legit and who was not. And the people that were legit are the people who had notebooks. Oh, interesting. And went off on like different tangents. Yeah. and It didn't make any sense,
2: <laughs> which I like too. Yeah, I've never taken a pad On stage, Mm -hmm. I should though. I see like Sarah Silverman do still do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's always got a a notebook with her,
1: which is, I mean, you know, that's very much like our era. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and yeah, Sarah and I and uh, like Janine Garofalo and like Kathy Griffin definitely um, would all have like notebooks and Mm -hmm. notebook like things. Like I like a Post-it. Really? Yeah. I like a post-it. It It seems more, then it seems more disposable. Yeah. For some reason. Uh He's like, got that idea done. Yeah, Uh I think it was like this thing of like, it it, it kind of is the style of the era because the 90s, like the music was very um, raw. Uh You know, like grunge was really, and then everybody was like super thin. And then all all our hair was really greasy. (laughs) Nice. And um, we had no makeup except really dark lipstick, like really Uh like red, like matte yeah lipstick that would make your lips really like dry and chapped and weird
2: um i wonder where i would have fit in in that scene
1: everywhere yeah everywhere you've been a good riot girl yeah with like oh yeah like 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 a really <laughs> shredded denim shorts
2: yes some like uh plaid shirts yeah the button the button up that you don't button
1: Right, or like you had that tied around your waist with like mm-hmm. um, what are those like long underwear shirts? Yeah, long
2: john shirts or whatever. Yeah. It's so
1: how old were you when the grunt was happening? Maybe like two or three years old. <laughs> no, uh, God, what would that? What year was that? That would have been era. 1991 until 1998, I think. So that eleven to eighteen. So yeah, pretty yeah. young. Well, then you could have so-, so sort of baby participated in the sort of yeah. grunge thing.
2: But I I think you kind of do what your older sibling are into it feels Mm -hmm. like because i'm the youngest Mm -hmm. and because anyone i talked to they're like yeah my you know brother listened to grunge so i was into it my brother were listening to run dmc Mm -hmm. and like the fat boys okay and so that was like on our uh we had a little jam box and every morning my brother would turn it on, Mm -hmm. and that's what I listened to. So I didn't really listen to a lot of the grunge music. Wow, yeah. Only because of that. My middle brother would listen to like Nirvana and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but I missed out on the the cool (laughs) cool music. Well, again,
1: I wonder what the South was going through at that time. So the South was probably like, it was a little bit like trying to find their identity as well, I think, Mm -hmm. through that. So then you had kind of like, Sort of Black Crows, yeah. which is very to me is very yeah. southern. I, yeah, for sure. So they were more hippie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was almost they were almost like a Grateful Dead kind of a yeah. jam band feel.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: that's sort of what I think about when I think about the South. I think about yeah the Black Crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, real, their songs are real long.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then because it takes a little things a little bit longer to to get to us back then, at least you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it wasn't as like whatever was cool on the West Coast, we were not. Uh, hip to it, yes. Were you really a debutante? I was a debutante, I love that. I (laughs) love that. I was, it was, because my mom was one, Mm -hmm. and my grandmother was one. Yeah, it's a legacy. It's a very traditional thing in the South, and by the time I turned, uh, I think they, you know, appoint you one when you're 17. Yeah. And then you're uh, coming out uh, to society as an 18. Yeah. The, it's like uh, around Christmas of your freshman year of college. It was funny because my family used to be fairly well connected and had money. But mm-hmm. then through a series of bad decisions, my grandfather dying unexpectedly, uh, people mismanaging. My mom married my dad who had no money. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to high school, we were broke. Mm -hmm. And, but still had the legacy of this family that had been well connected at one point. Mm -hmm. So I just remember being like, I'm not doing this. We have no money. Yeah. And you have to pay, they make you go to like parties, like etiquette. (laughs) It really was like etiquette parties or parties where like luncheons where there's like little sandwiches and you had to wear like a dress or something nice to every party. Mm -hmm. I didn't own any dress. And... I was like, I am not doing this. And my mom was My mom was still wanting to relive her glory, <laughs> glory yeah. days of when her family was doing well. And we didn't want to face reality. <laughs> she didn't. So I kind of did it for her. Yeah. And somehow she scraped the money. We were having like our light shut off. Ooh. And then here she was coming home with like a pink dress for a luncheon. I'm like, this is... The most bizarre, southern, sweep things under the rug thing I've ever experienced.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that certainly, it's dying a lot. Like, I don't see a lot of... I mean, maybe there seems to be maybe a slight revival because of, like, maybe social media, like Instagram. Uh That sort of thing where you want to document something like that. I'm sure there's, like instagram like influencers who would love to have like a whole debutante experience yeah your whole like coming
2: the coming out ball or whatever is like they make you wear these really long white kind of like a wedding gown mm-hmm. and you're oftentimes it's your brother or your dad is like your uh, escort or something There, yeah. like it, it made my mom so happy she was like yeah on top of the world that i it was the only time she was ever going to see me in a white wedding gown That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I have now come out twice.
1: The whole like coming out thing, like if you're from a community like that, is Mm -hmm. it harder to come out in that, you know, like. I I
2: would say yes. Mm -hmm. And I but I didn't come out till I moved to L.A. Probably Mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I came out at 25, which seems so old now. I can't believe that because, you know, you can look back. And be like, oh, I was gay all along. You just, I didn't know it. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm sure other people knew it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of one of those things where you, you know, we've all seen someone in our lifetime where you're like, oh, that person's gay. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, I like, you know, and you're like, wait, you what, huh? And so people kind of know this thing about you before you know it, right, or at least that used to be more common, yeah, back you know, well, in people the day. I have
1: dyke face, so I can't <laughs> escape it, people uh-huh. just assume really, because I have dyke face, and I think you know, I have like dyke shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like there's there's They're like wrong. characteristics that people kind of make those assumptions about, yeah, but I think for um, yeah, for me, coming out was harder because being bisexual, like my family didn't understand yeah they still don't get it right they were really hard they're I'm fine sure. with gay but bias is like super weird to them yeah
2: they're just like i'm i'm sure that, you know the people are like pick a side you know yeah they seem to be like that right or like did you change your mind or uh-huh. like oh
1: well you're going to change your mind Or like it was a phase
2: or yeah something. yeah it's you know it takes people a while to sort of come to terms with it i mean i remember my family was pretty great about it, mm-hmm. and I was lucky in that sense. So I never experienced what it was like to be out in the South and living there. I'm sure that's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh I was living here, and, um, you know, at first my my brothers were like, yeah, of course. you <laughs> have known forever. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. cool. And my dad was just like, I love you no matter what. Yeah. I think my mom, it was more like her idea of what my life was going to look like. Changed mm-hmm. in a matter of seconds, where she yeah. was like, "Oh, I don't know what this, I can't envision this because what I've visioned my whole life for you is changing mm-hmm. within seconds." And um, you know, she was worried. I think that my life was going to be harder for me than than it had to be. Like, right to to be straight is probably easier in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just accepted. So in her mind, it was like, "Oh, she's gonna struggle now." Ooh. What they don't realize is that when you become your true self, it is like the weight of that lifted off your shoulders is so huge right. that the alternative of being straight is not appealing to me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so once she like kind of came to terms with that, she's like such a huge gay supporter now. And yeah. is like uh, president of... My hometown's P flag, oh, that's and awesome stuff like that, so that's I'm very really lucky. great.
1: I think that's really great. I mean, but is, it, is she like so thrilled about your upcoming nuptials, your upcoming yeah. wedding?
2: well, you know, like any <laughs> southern mother, yeah, uh, she's very protective of me, mm-hmm. and i my parents split when I was twelve, so I sort of became my mom's like plus one mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. uh, and so. I had not had a serious relationship before Jacks. I dated a lot, but nothing real serious. Ooh. So my mom always, I got to continue to be her plus one or her mine Ooh. throughout, you know, till my 30s. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, this is my partner who I'm probably going to marry and you know I think at first the southern mother of like that's my baby is like "Ah." Uh what you know they feel like they're going to be replaced or something yeah I mean she's never a cop to that Mm -hmm. but I think in the beginning there was a sort of like where does that leave me now Mm -hmm. in my life but she quickly realized there's no one or or the other it is you're my mom this is my partner we're all good yeah and so now she's it's great and she, and she's very excited that i found someone and that mm-hmm. it, it's good and we're happy and it's a journey it's also one thing to like be gay and tell your mom that you're gay and it's another thing for them to see you holding hands kiss you know what i mean like yeah. if when you're 3000 miles away she's like yeah my daughter's gay but she's not seeing me with a partner on a yeah. regular basis she's not seeing me Kiss or hold hands, mm-hmm. and then, then, then you're kind of faced like, oh yeah, that's what that means being gay. Yeah, yeah, the realness. Mm-hmm. And then
1: she'll she'll see you being very realness on the L word. I know.
2: <laughs> well, I don't think I'll ever be smooching anyone on the L word. Why not? Who, you who should. Knows? Don't Jax will be like, oh my god, no. Um, oh, would she not like it? I don't. I mean, she she's never that's never come up. No one's yeah. ever had me do that on anything. So. As of right now, my character is a like a, a silly warm up comedian. Very like kind of awkward. Whether or not my character will experience anything in that way, I don't know. Is
1: it like what show is it? Is yeah, it like uh, daytime talk like show? a show
2: within a show. Yeah,
1: that's great. Yeah.
2: And uh, I love it. so, yeah, I just have to be silly. And, that's a fun character. Yeah.
1: So we have to wear a bow tie. I know. <laughs> and a really oversized blazer. I know.
2: I should tell them, but bringing the bow ties. I've only filmed... They just shot the pilot mm-hmm. the last a couple weeks ago. I it was just on there a couple days. I think... there. It's a short season. It's only eight episodes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think I'll be in, like, maybe three.
1: So um, I don't think my character will have... Some big arc. I think I will be some levity. I think those episodes, too, like, they'll be watched over and over and over again. Because mm-hmm. we have to, like, really consume it every which way. Because yeah. it it's such an iconic It is. Show. And I didn't... Re- I mean, I, of course, watched
2: it, you know. Mm-hmm. But the irony is that I wasn't even out yet when it premiered. Mm-hmm. I I came out... Because like, it premiered in 2003. I came out in 2005. Yeah. But it was a significant part of my journey in that when I was, when all of that was bubbling up for me, I watched that first season and it was like, holy holy cow, it blew my mind because yeah. I really hadn't seen anything like it with women. Yeah, it's crazy. And it, it made me be like, oh, that's a world that I think I'm supposed to be, part. I mean, not the crazy drama, but just them getting coffee and talking yeah. about dates. I was like, that's, it's the incredible. World I think I'm supposed to be in.
1: Except they all wore like really white pants, which I'm like, I'm not gonna wear a white. Pa- I mean, I'm not gonna wear white pants like that. No, uh, no way. Yeah. I would always either sit on something or get my period in it. There's like no way they I'm were gonna very wear. Bold. They wore like really white, white, white pants. It was really Santa Monica. Everything yeah. was like really by the ocean. Right. Yeah. And um, there. And then after Dana died, I kind of couldn't. Go back. That was a tough one. That
2: her dying. I think I want. I I'm curious. I haven't asked any of them if anyone that would creatively regretted that decision. So I feel like that maybe people don't realize what a beloved character that was until.
1: I think it was important for it to happen because we need to learn how to process death. Right. But it was also a very, like, lesbian reaction to be like, I don't accept this.
2: Right. <laughs> I refuse. You know, I refuse to
1: accept this and People I'm not going. still
2: or like, is she coming back? Yeah. I'm like, that's impossible. I know. Like, well, the actress is alive. So feasibly she <laughs> yes. could. I mean, you
1: know, it's like. if You could. Characters come back to life in, like, soap operas. That's true. Or well, telenovelas. I mean,
2: Rose- Roseanne's not the best example right now. But, you know, John Goodman's character
1: Oh, right. Died. He was revived. Yeah, he
2: was revived. So anything in Fresh Prince, the mom completely changed midway through yeah. one of the seasons. You could
1: accept yeah. it. I think it's like, yeah, it's that's one of the things that I really had a problem with, like yeah. her dying and like being mad about it. Yeah. Like, I'm still mad. <laughs> I know. I think a lot of people are. I, like, I need to get over it. I mean, I'm going to watch the show, of course, and I'm yeah. really excited about it. Well, I'm I'm very
2: curious to see how it all unfolds because um it is... Uh, sort of two things happening in the show in that uh, Jennifer Beale's character, Alicia Haley's, and Kate Moaning, their three characters are are back. Mm-hmm. And then it's a new, younger generation. And mm-hmm. the, the stories all sort of intertwine. You'll have to service these new characters as well as the ones coming back. And I'm I'm curious to see, like will these uh, fanatical fans accept
1: the... New part of the show. I think as long as, like, Shane's there, everything's going to yeah, be fine. Yeah, Shane is there. Shane is, like, you're going to smooth it all over. Yeah. So, know?
2: they're definitely combining two worlds of a younger generation and an older generation together. hmm And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely... It's cool. I mean, I was on set just, like, kind of fangirling myself. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's really if these vaginal walls could talk. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got a fangirl, but they're, they're incredible. Yeah, and I, like, Jennifer Beals was, like, so nice. And
2: I didn't want to pretend like I had never watched a show or wasn't a fan. I was like, I love the show. This is so exciting. I love it, yeah. And she was like, that's so great. And, um... And then, like, the next day, she was, Jennifer was taking photographs in the makeup trailer. And I was like, oh, you take photographs? Because she had, like, the real camera and mm-hmm. everything. And she's like, yeah, I did this thing. When they did the original, she photographed tons of stuff. And, and the actresses and behind the scenes. And she kept all these mementos. And she made this, like, book for fans mm-hmm. that had all these photographs. and. Later that afternoon, she's like, I have something for you. And she, like, handed me one of those books. Aww. And I was like, that is so sweet. That's so nice. Such so a lovely set. And, there's, and it's cool, too, because so many people working on the show, on the crew, writers, are gay or diverse. Mm-hmm. A lot of women. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And you don't see a lot of that on set
1: no and i think that's that's one of the great things about it i always think like i would when we were like watching those scenes i wonder if they went all the way and like had like dildo harnesses under the bed <laughs> with like their like vibrators and i was like i wonder which which one they have yeah you know like who does what who likes what
2: there is a i won't give it away but there's a scene that I when I read for the for the pilot, I was like, Whoa, they went there. So I'm I'm excited That's for good. people to see it. It yeah. gets
1: very racy. I mean, even the original series would get very racy. Yeah. With the sex scenes and I'm like, That's great. Yeah. That's really awesome. They don't hold back. They so. shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah, well, so I can't get, wait to see you So there. get ready. You know what I love? Um, the, I want, two things I wanted to bring up with you today. One is I love when you put on a wig and then you start talking about Tim. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a character. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's anytime your hair is kind of straight. Yeah. <laughs> that you become kind of straight. I channel those ladies that
2: I grew up with. Those yeah. straight ladies.
1: Who are always talking about how they're he's going to get a present when he gets home. Yeah.
2: Tim. So I was shooting this thing, I don't know, like last year. And they put me in this. I was playing a straight woman. They put me in this ridiculous outfit. And it had like a turquoise, a lot of turquoise necklaces mm-hmm. and, and a denim vest. Yeah. And I was sitting around all afternoon, like bored out of my mind. Because, you know, you just sit around and wait all the time. And I just started talking, like, pretending I was some Southern woman. Mm-hmm. Uh And I I just started going, Tim, to, like, getting, <laughs> you know, pretend mad at my husband, Tim. And I posted all these videos throughout the day of me pretending to be this lady. And then, like, every post from then on, where's Brenda? I was <laughs> like, because I was just, like, made up T-M. these names, you know. And, Where is she? And I'm like, well, I, I was just messing around, and then all of a sudden – People were, like, demanding more videos. Yeah. So now every, like, I don't know, month or so, I'll put out a couple of videos where I pretend to be this southern woman. I always think
1: she probably has an Etsy store. <laughs> where she makes, like, personalized, like, doormats. Yeah. Like, don't come in <laughs> unless you have wine. For Oh, for sure. All those <laughs> cheesy sayings.
2: But what's so funny is that, when I did that character originally, my hair was straight for this, the role I was doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes a lot of time to straighten my hair, and and I had crazy makeup on. So I've had different versions of Brenda where mm-hmm. I've like had a wig on, or like this weekend I had my my it was just me. Doing a southern you just, you, you accent, you just do it, and it's so, all—it's
1: all—it's all about Tim, but how he's gonna get—he's gonna get it when he gets home. It's sexually. Yeah, he's gonna get a BJ. Yeah, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, it's I think a BJ that's, because yeah.
2: uh, she gets real mad at him, mm-hmm. and because he never helps around the house. Mm-hmm. And then he buys her turquoise, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, y'all! Tim got me some turquoise. <laughs> you know what that means?" And everyone will write, BJ. <laughs> I'm like, he is. I am going to give him a BJ. I sure
1: am. And he's going to have like frosted pink lipstick all over his (laughs) balls. Yes. Like really frosty. 100%. So they (laughs)
2: like that she's a little firecracker. I do too. But people were like, we want to meet Tim. I'm like, no, you're never going to meet Tim. No, he's. I don't think you should. No, you shouldn't. You know, but people have sent me like. Like one fan saw a truck with the wolves, you know, wrapped <laughs> on the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, and it said Tim on oh the my license. God. And he goes, I just found Tim. And I posted, it was so, it made me laugh so hard because I'm like, yes, that's the exact truck <laughs> that's Tim him. would drive. And I love that people are helping create this world of I these
1: non existent. But they people. see them around. <laughs> Is it, it's like, do I, I'm picturing either like, Tim McGraw or Tim Allen? I think it's more Tim McGraw. More probably. Tim Yeah,
2: more more good old boy.
1: Yeah, more country. Yeah. For sure.
2: Mhm. Drinks beer a lot with his buddies and <laughs> and Brenda's trying to, you know, take care of everybody in the house and Yeah. Kids, she's always exasperated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's fun for me to just I love it. Do so- it's also nice just to like so many of my characters are gay or you know a version of myself mm-hmm. it's fun to just be a whole different like, it is it's like, really I funny like be a straight lady from the south but, well yeah of course know.
1: and i love i love all the characters that i've seen you play over the years and oh, thank you. it's really fun and i always love honey Boo Boo that alana is really a good one <laughs> yes I uh,
2: <laughs> did that on Chelsea Lately when that Honey Boo Boo show was at its height, mm-hmm. and we were like the first ones to parody it. so great. It. Back then, the Honey Boo Boo family did not care for it. Aww. I also played the mother. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one they didn't care for. So Because I put like the big fake neck yeah. on, so they wouldn't come on the show because they didn't like no. it. Oh, But the, the Honey Boo Boo ones itself was just fun. It was just really cute. Me. I even went out, Molly Cyrus was on stage and she was obsessed with that show so they had me dress like honey boo boo for her and uh, but then like cut to like a year ago I run into a someone working with Alana and she was like Alana's you know doing dancing with the stars junior or whatever it's called would you mentor her and I'm like I wish her the best of luck but I don't think it's right for me to have gone from parroting that yeah to being like here's how to do great in life. You know, I didn't I thought that was a little too hypocritical, so I was just like Aww. there's so many great people to mentor her, but I I don't, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be that person uh, and she's she's doing great it seems like
1: but uh, you're doing great. The other thing that I wanted to mention is the body roll dancing. Is that the ice cream dance? Or <laughs> That's the is ice it? cream dance. I really love the dance because it's not just the dance. It sort of starts with your face because it's like the, the pleasure. Yes. Listen,
2: <laughs> Margaret, this, I, these are all the things I'm doing just to get people to follow me on social media, which you hope that then it turns into them buying tickets to a comedy show. Which they do. Yeah. So yeah. It's, like, it's like that constant Trying to figure out how to entertain people on every medium is like a constant, like,
1: oh, what now? What now? But the ice cream dance is like, it's the pleasure in your your face that starts off and then it's just the body roll, which I love.
2: Yeah, so that started a couple years ago. I was at Disneyland And it was so hot. I was there with my friends, uh, Jillian Bell. She's an actress. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it was so hot, I got ice cream. And the Disney parade was coming by as I was eating my ice cream. And they were sitting down. And I guess I was loving this ice cream so much. And Mm. the music from the parade was playing. (laughs) I started dancing with my ice cream and they secretly filmed me and they sent it to me and I go, Oh my God, that's so funny. I was legit really loving that ice cream. And so I posted it. Mm. And again, people were like, well, more of this, please. We need that. So then every city I would go on tour, I would try out an ice cream place and film a dance And I was running out of moves and I've found that holding an ice cream cone, it's hard to like really dance. So it evolved into lots of body rolls. Yeah,
1: the body rolls because you can keep the ice cream kind of static
2: yeah a lot of turns still, yeah body rolls it's kind of my signature move i love it if i had my hands free oh the moves that you guys would see would you could do a mind. lot more yeah but, but i
1: mean you know it's it, i think the constraints make you creative in this different yeah way. and you show the you show the joy in your face of having
2: this delicious the ice pleasure. cream. pleasure
1: i love it too yeah
2: at the end of the day unless you have a, a, a lactose intolerance who doesn't love ice cream? Well, they
1: could probably do rice cream.
2: There's a lot of great dairy-free options. Now. Absolutely,
1: or do a sherbet. Yeah, you know you, do don't, a have do, you dance. don't have to. You don't
2: have to deny. I love a sherbet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's delicious. I'll do well, a sherbet dance. Um, you know, uh, people should look at your all your socials and go to your shows. Where are you at? I am on Instagram
2: at fortunefeemster and I'm on tours at uh, so all those dates are at my website fortunefeemster.com. I'm in tons of cities because I'm filming a, a special at the end of September, so awesome. I'm on the road. Um, Portland, Salt Lake City,
1: Indianapolis, Madison—all yeah. those places. Yeah, I love it. Well, people should go see you.
2: Yes, so
1: funny. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Such a pleasure talking with you. I know you're
1: awesome. Thank you. Thanks. My next guest is Jody Long, who is an actress and. Somebody who I know very well from All American Girl, and she's actually running for office in um, the SAG after a whole election. She is great, and we'll hear from her after the break.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: Thanks for coming over. You're welcome. And you're, you're because you're running your campaign right now. <laughs> it's like a very big deal. Have you run? Have you? You haven't run for this before, so this no. is
3: all new. This is all new. Mm-hmm. I, I ran for like vice president in junior high school. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should tell them what I'm running yeah, for. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm running for national secretary treasurer of SAG AFTRA. Mm-hmm. I'm running alongside of Matthew Modine, who's he's running great. for president. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's really great. He's awesome. And you know, being on the board. I just ran because my girlfriend was like, you've got to run with us. And then I got four years on the national board. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did that happen? And seeing the climate within the boardrooms, it's mm-hmm. so h- hard mm-hmm. and divisive. And and I really was inspired by Matthew because he was like, wait a second, we're all like in this together. Yeah, We're performers, we're artists, mm-hmm. um, and can we change the culture in this boardroom? Mm-hmm. He really had the right vision
1: mm-hmm.
3: and the right temperament to right. do this. You know, mm-hmm. you can't have somebody who's like crazy running their mouth off all the time, well, right? Yeah. You have to have a, not only a diplomat, but somebody who actually has vision. So um, he was running, and then someone was going to run with him. She ended up not being able to run. And then I thought, well, I really want him to win. Yeah. And so, Matthew, I'm
1: with you. I'm here. You want me to do this with you? I'm for you. I love it. He was like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I mean, you know, this is important for us as actors. You know, we need. Our representatives there You know this union It's it's it is a big deal It's a really big deal Well
3: it's a big deal Because I feel like There's so many things That have been given away mm-hmm. Like our residuals Yeah Maybe not yeah. given away so much As not kept pace With the changing right. times Right And that you know For the big stars They don't really care because No all they goes, don't feel
1: it But we yeah. we all feel it Because we're really What make up most of the industry Is people that you know We, we make a living wage Off of this job And we have for many years. And it's people don't really understand like how much less show business is really about like what the big stars do. And it's about, you yes. know, everybody else. Exactly. You know, making up every other part of the industry other other part of like, you know, it's not just the the above the name stars and everything. That's right. And you know? we're all in it together.
3: Mm-hmm. And you know, now we're also a, a union of, of stunt performers and background performers and broadcasters and dancers and singers and recording artists. So we have to think b- more broadly yeah, and cover more people. Exactly. So um, it, it just has a, an air of inclusiveness. And I think what happens is that the categories that don't bring in as much money, like the principal performer, big stars, mm-hmm. at least recently, they haven't been as considered.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
3: that's something we would really like to change. Yeah. And we have some ideas about that. So. It's really, it's just bringing people in, in a heart thing. And Matthew is actually such a heart guy. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And um, so that's what we're really about and trying to do.
1: I love it. Yeah. It's no, great. It is good. Since we're in this union, do we all get to go to a home? at Because the, at the, you see that sometimes where they have like the actors' home. They do.
3: I think it's called the uh, Actors Fund Home. Yeah. Do we all get to go
1: there or is it just? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you still have to sign up. You have to sign up to go. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm ready. I need help. But I mean, it's like, I always wonder like when we get to go to that home. Cause it's all like, it's all like old Perfect. actors are how fun. <laughs> it could be. It could be. As everyone's singing up and down the halls. I mean, yeah. And, and like, you you know, you, and you would see all of like the different day players, like all the guest stars. Yeah. from all of the different years yeah. of the different shows that you've been on. So you would like I, I love the finality of that.
3: <laughs> you already feel like you know them, right? Yeah, you
1: already feel like you know everybody. You probably like guest started with them at something on something like we were on T.J. Hooker together. Exactly. And uh we um, you know, like we day played on this, we day played on that or, or whatever, and then you would get to hang out with all the you know, old actors. I think that's fun.
3: There's one in New Jersey too, you know. Oh, you don't really? have to just stay in LA.
1: So the the one in New Jersey does that sort of service like the Broadway, uh, all of the... Well, I
3: think it really depends on where people live. So Mm -hmm. I know a friend of mine's mother was... um also in the industry Mm -hmm. and she she put her in there
1: oh wow yeah
3: and so it was close to her because she also lived in new jersey so that's great like oh yeah this sounds good you know they can get to go to the jersey shore too
1: (laughs) yeah and then it would be everybody that was like in all of like those like uh, the godfathers
3: yeah exactly and then
1: all yeah like anybody who is sort of in all this there's like 70s noir films would be like in there Exactly. That'd be cool.
3: Yeah. And then I think the one out here is in Toluca. No, Toluca Lake or somewhere out in West Hills. I don't know.
1: I think Toluca Lake is kind of really made up of like old show people. Well, that's like where <laughs> Bob Hope was. Was and he? I think Phyllis Diller was there too. Oh, wow. So I think that, I mean, that's sort of like all also around like the Sportsman's Lodge, like yes, the Coldwater right. Canyon area. That's right. I do think that there's quite a lot of old actors. I've seen Robert Blake around there. Oh yeah, I get scared. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I <laughs> don't get really scared. <laughs> but it's like you—you you do see um, these people around, and I'm like, God, I guess I guess we should all be going to like should be sort of like an old show show people home. You're not that old, honey. No, no, no. But <laughs> well, I'm fifty. Oh. That's that's pretty well. It's old as I've been, but it's not that old. But it's also it's it's pretty ancient in like Hollywood years, I think. Right? I don't know. I guess,
3: I, I mean, if you saw a car that was 50 years old, you'd think yeah, it was like, an old car, a, it's a classic, right? Classic, yeah. yeah. Classic. classic. There classic. you go.
1: Classic. like- We're classics now. We're Marvin. classics. But uh, yeah, you always look like 25 to me. Oh, come on. Which is so Thanks. weird. So weird to like, you know, now I think we kind of maybe, you know, because you played my mother and my aunt, my aunt in two different productions. Your aunt? Well, weren't you my aunt that? in um, Steve's show? Oh yeah, right. Uh, so Forgot yeah, we're that. are we cousins? <laughs> I don't. No, you, I was your aunt, your yeah. aunt. Yeah. So yeah, you're my aunt in that show, and then you're Steve's mom, and then you're my mom. But we're all kind of in the same age group, so I don't know how that. No, I'm not actually. I'm I'm a lot older. And I'm going to say how you're old so are young. You? No, it's like um yeah we're all we really missed you um at the 25 uh, oh, year anniversary, and uh, we really wish you were there. But we had a good time. So we showed an episode of All American Girl at um, which one? It was the one where um, Grandma has a boyfriend. It's the so she. I guess I
3: wasn't in that one very much. No, you're in it.
1: You're in it a lot. Everybody's in it. And then you should have seen BD's suit is really baggy. Because it was the 90s, so everybody, oh, yeah, yeah. all the men had really, really baggy. It was shocking to me how baggy it was. And then he had like really long, like a bob. like yeah, his a, hair, yeah. The hair was really long. And I kind of, when I watched it again with everybody, I was like, I want grandma to leave. Like she, she's going to have like this boyfriend who wants her to go and um, live in Florida with him. And then she couldn't leave because she wanted to be with a family, and I'm like, you know what? that's wrong. You should just yeah, go. you should go. did you did you tell her that in the show? Well, I told her to go in the show, and then at the end of the show i I took it back. I'm like, no, I can't. you oh, have to stay. And then I realized that what a selfish person. I should have let her go. <laughs> yeah, you know, because she's having this like a talk to those this. writers. I need to I need to talk to somebody yeah it was it was nice to come in and and uh, you know, sit down with an audience and actually watch it. You know, I don't know if there's any other show in the history of television that uh, had only one season that has talked about as much as our show. It's really true. Yeah. Because it? was well, the first it's really time true. people saw uh, Asian Americans on TV. That's right. You know, so That's very right. significant. It was.
3: Did you feel it held up? Not having yeah. seen it for so long?
1: Yeah, it held up. I can't remember the last time I had no lines on my neck. I'm like, I have no lines on my neck And it's not CGI And I was like, this is weird Did they alter this? Because I have no lines on my neck I didn't recognize myself What is it with those lines? I got them too And I'm like, oh my god We look great though Get rid of this I know it's weird But they can't It's weird But it's. I think it's an Asian thing but because, of, because I think the, the an face looks great. it's thing, too. Yeah, I think it's an Asian The face thing. looks so great. All the wrinkles just fall down. So it's like <laughs> the neck is kind of like the Dorian Gray's portrait. Exactly. But it's real close. It's not in your basement. It's right on, you know, on your neck. Yeah, we look great in the show, though. If you watch it, if you watch it now, you're like, oh, my God. We I was look so young. so good. We all look great. <laughs> you know, it definitely held up. I think, like, some of it is... Uh, it's just wistful because like, oh, well, this could have really, this could have really been a show that people That's would have right. grown up with, you know, like, I don't know why um, we weren't able to continue. I mean, there's certainly were some reasons then, I guess, but it's, it's sad, but people really do. Do people come up to you and talk to you about it?
3: They don't really recognize me mm-hmm. because I don't really look like I looked like on the well, show. You had a big
1: um you had a big white, white streak, right? Yeah, it was very Cruella de Vil. Yeah, it was. It's perfect. It was It's shiny shiny um kind of bouffant. Like you must yeah. have had to go like your character probably had to go get it done. Oh, absolutely. But you know? I was,
3: you know, in that makeup chair and they had to spray that happy hair on me afterwards just to get all the teasing out. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> I actually had to cut my hair after um the year because it was so teased. Oh, like really? that they, It
3: was breaking.
1: They it was all breaking and um the teasing of the hair in the nineties, you know, you we talk about the sixties buffons, but the nineties buffons were really something. Yeah, they were. And they had to tease our hair and it was it was really crazy. But I do remember like we were like so manicured, and you know, we did it. Lo- it really shows on this on the screen. <laughs> you really see it. Do
3: you remember? Uh, I think the first couple episodes, I don't know if you know. But I used to wrap a towel around me to look like I had two kids.
1: Oh gosh, really? Oh wow, three kids. I wow, had three kids. yeah, you had three kids. I
3: had three kids, so I used to wrap because I was so thin. Yeah,
1: I used to wrap this towel around. Yeah, were
3: these big moon moon Yeah.
1: Also, you were so young too. And then with Clyde, who played my father and your husband, like I've done a couple of things with him. He's played my father. He's played my husband also, which is super weird. That's weird. It's weird. Well, but, very you know, incestuous. We, we, every, every relationship happens with, with Asian American actors. With BD, um, I played his sister, of course, and then I played his fiance. And then oh. I played, um, we were like full on married in one <laughs> thing. And uh, one time we had to kiss. He asked me, one movie we had to kiss, and he asked me to marry him at a swimming pool. And we had a kiss and we were both trying to smash our faces into the camera. So we have more of our face in the camera when we we're kissing. So we just like smashed our cheeks together because we both wanted the FaceTime. It's really funny, but, uh, you know, it's a really great project to work on together. And, um, do you see yes. anybody ever? I, I see, um, who do
3: I see? I see Clyde because he's also mm-hmm. active in the union. Right. And I see Amy at different events because, mm-hmm. you know, I do a lot of work down at visual communications and I think that's it. I I just saw Maddie Corman. Did oh. did they ever show that of us saying hi? We love yes. you. Yes. Okay. Good. Thank you <laughs> for the 25th anniversary. Yes. That we miss. So I went to see Maddie's one woman show, mm-hmm. and it was quite heart rending. Yes. and Hard. Uh, what a hard time for her, but a wonderful show. Yes. And did you see
1: it? Accidentally brave. Accidentally no, I haven't, is brave. It still, what is she still performing it? So
3: I think they just closed. She's I awesome. Think. Yeah. She She's really so is. great.
1: But yeah, I didn't have a chance to see it. I really wanted to see it. And I know that um, you have a one-woman show also.
3: That I do. I just finished that. That's why I couldn't come to the 25th anniversary because I got terribly sick and... It's a uh, lot. Doing all the shows and anyway, and it was only I didn't get sick because I'm a sick person. It was my director has a two-year-old. Oh. And he got sick. Oh, his partner yeah. got sick. And then because the kid was sick, and then there I was. Also yeah. sick. <laughs> so um, but anyway, the show is called Surfing DNA. Mm-hmm. And we did really well. That's great. I did a version of it about ten years ago, and now it's a different version, actually. And really, you know, as I I've evolved, my life Mm -hmm. has evolved, and the show has evolved. And now I sing and I tap dance, you know, because my parents were vaudevillians. Mm -hmm. So we do a little bit of the vaudeville stuff in the beginning. Oh, I love it. And then we morph into the deeper parts of the DNA, Mm -hmm. you know. Show Mm -hmm. business is part of the DNA. But uh, Yeah. So I'm looking forward to bringing it to New York. I've got some people interested. Oh, I want
1: to see it. Yeah, I think you'll like it. I'm sure I will love it. I
3: think you'll like it. That's really cool. It's fun.
1: I love it. So you're, like, I think one of the first, like, biracial people that I've met, I've ever met, I think. Really? <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, with Asian Americans, there's a kind of, there's a weird xenophobia that we have with each other. Yes. At least, like, with, for my family, you know, was always, like, they were just so, like, devoted to being Korean. Like, they were so Korean. And then they tested our DNA. They did, like, a whole 23andMe thing. And we're actually Chinese. Well, yeah. We discovered. We're all Chinese, actually. Yeah. Pretty much. So it's that thing of like, there's no reason to be this kind of like xenophobic or insular about ourselves.
3: Yeah. My dad was, you're talking about mixed race. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know it. I sort of vaguely knew it when I was growing up because he's Australian. Mm -hmm. So he's Chinese and Scottish. Mm -hmm. And my mother is all Japanese American. Mm -hmm. She was born here. And so, you know, my father's family... After World War II, every, you know, the Chinese hated the Japanese because mm-hmm. of the Nanjing Massacre, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, they were like, oh, my God, you married a Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. Even though she's an American. Right. That's terrible. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I kind of grew up with that. Mm-hmm. And my mother's parents, they didn't really speak English. You know, they were from Japan. Yeah. And, you know, she and they were put in an internment camp here. Mm. So in part, my show is... Um, My mother's, part of my mother's story is in there. Mm -hmm. And kind of echoing what's going on now at the border.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, and the show starts with no one invited you into this business. You invited yourself, Mm -hmm. which is a quote by Eddie Foy. Mm -hmm. You know, which is the, the, you know, the main guy from vaudeville.
1: Yeah. Right. So he's
3: talking about no one invited you into this business. Right. And they definitely invited people that look like you or me. No, 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 no. (laughs) And the second half of uh, the second act uh, starts with no one invited you into this country. You Mm -hmm. invited yourself. Right. So it's, um, then it reflects all the different DNA through my family
1: mm, that's interesting yeah but it's like that thing of like yeah nobody did invite us but we decided to be in it anyway
3: that's correct
1: and then so then you have been doing um tv and movies and theater and all of this stuff for you know a long, time. long. we've been doing it for a long time and you know when you first came in like what kind of projects were you looking at like i for me i was like we really wanted to get a job on nath bridges
0: <laughs> I really wanted to get
1: a I needed to get a I needed to get a guest star in my Nash Bridges. And then, you know, there was like Kelly Who, that was Kelly. Kelly Who. Yeah. Kelly's great. Yeah. But you know, there was very little parts. I, I would always That's go up right. against um Kelly Who for something. I love Kelly. Kelly and I were in a movie together, gosh, probably maybe ninety one or ninety two, called Fake in the Funk in uh it was about, name. it's about a Chinese exchange student who gets relocated to uh, South Central. So she's like re- writing in a, There's low a movie? writer. Yeah. Wow. It's like being like this Chinese exchange student in like very 90s, early, early 90s, uh, South Central LA. Wow. So it's, it's a comedy. It was actually a lot of fun to do. But, you know, the parts were like very few and far between for me. Like what, you know, what were you going out for? Like what kind of stuff? Like I was, I went out for Wayne's World, I think.
3: I never got up to you that. You didn't You didn't go. I out never to got world. up for that. I don't know why. I was not in LA then. Mm-hmm. I was mostly doing theater oh, in yeah, New York. Oh yeah, theater in
1: New York, which is very which is actually better probably because you're getting more prospects in a sense, theater. Well,
3: I did. I did a lot of non-traditional what they called non-traditional casting in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, colorblind ca- casting. And I, it was really because I wanted to do all the great parts. I mean, I went yeah. anywhere from doing playing Cherie in Bus Stop mm-hmm. to playing Helena in Midsummer Night's Dream to uh, Two's a Crime, Sam Shepard. So I was doing so many different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But that was only through my sheer determination and chutzpah, really. Yeah, it takes you a know? lot of
1: determination to you know get out there, and especially when you're not feeling like you're represented, you know, anywhere. So it's like, what is the, what, where did that courage come from? just like, you just wanted to do it.
3: Well, I think it was partly my family, but I thought, well, I don't want to be a pigeonholed into this Asian thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm tall. I I don't speak, I don't speak any language other than English and French, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was like, well, wait a second. I was trained as a classical actress. That's what I'm going to do. Coming out to Hollywood um you know at whatever year that was in 91 cuz i was doing a play at the taper it was it was hard because mm. they would see me for newscasters mm. newscasters and newscasters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, really, I mm-hmm. played so many of those in movies. Yes, yes. And then I, there was a point where I was just playing Korean mothers. Oh, wow, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I started with All American Yeah, Girl that's good,
1: that's good. And ended with Steve Byrne. Yeah, I love it. I love that oh, show. Man. You know, I love you and Steve, and I love that show because it was such a... Uh, it, it was actually kind of like a very classic multicam. It was. With the bar and Brian Doyle Murray and Christine his friends. Ebersole. And Christine and Ebersole. And like... Roy Wood Jr. I love that. Like, I love that the old school, like... You know, kind of like Sanford and Son, kind of like that kind of family comedy, Cheers. And, um, you know, there was something very, like, cool and, like, retro about it that was really funny. And, you know, of course, he's so funny. You guys were all so great. But uh, I I wish that that show had continued. And it was almost right before we had this kind of big surge of, like, Asian-American in the entertainment world awareness. Well,
3: we got canceled, I think, just as uh, Fresh Off the Boat came in. mm -hmm. And I think in part the producers didn't build up the fact that we were a multiracial cast. Mm. They mostly focused on the guys mm-hmm. and that it was a Cheers kind of thing. Yeah. But we were the most diverse cast was, on TV yeah. at that point. It, Not absolutely. just racially, but age-wise, Yeah, definitely. everything. Rob Long, mm-hmm. who came from Cheers, mm-hmm. um, was... He's a genius. Yeah. You know, he does the martini shot on KCRW. Oh,
1: that's great. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And he's a really funny guy. Um, so it just, I think we were just slightly ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And it was really too bad. And I think for Steve being mixed race, you know, because mm-hmm. his mom is Korean and his dad is Irish. And I think it's hard for him because he's like, you know, the Asian community doesn't like... They don't embrace me. I feel kind of out, on the outside of it. I'm like, really? Yeah,
1: it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to figure out like where where you are supposed to be like racially, you know, like trying yeah. to figure out like where we are like racially and in terms of this business. And I think like now I definitely see more stuff happening, but not enough still like it's like we had this big thing of like okay fresh off the boat is on the air and now we have crazy rotations. everything's gonna change and you know the farewell just came out <laughs> um, which is great I haven't seen it. Yet. It's it's really it's a beautiful movie, and um, I actually when I watched it, I really cried from beginning to end because there was such a um, a recognition of something kind of ancient, like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. this is really they're they're kind. I'm like oh this is what white people must feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh I get it, I get it. This is what white people must feel like at Christmas, <laughs> you know, because you feel like oh well I'm being seen and heard in a way that I I really I can relate to, right. you know, and not have to kind of like project my experience onto stuff that's foreign to me. That's right. So that's what was really good. But yeah, I mean, I was like trying to think back of like things we were auditioning for. Again, you know, like in the 90s, we would have to go for like the sort of non-traditional casting. Right. Or what other Asian projects were there? There was like... Well, I mean, um, I think the
3: real breakthrough at the time was... Was Sandra doing Grey's Anatomy? Right, right, Sandra Oh, mm-hmm. because it was a part. She just was a girl. She was a right. girl that wanted to be a doctor. Right, right? but right before that, it was Lost. Do you remember?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And
3: yet they were all speaking what Korean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel, Daniel yeah, Day Kim yeah. and, and Sunjin. Yeah. I forgot her name. Yeah, and. And I was like, "Wait a second. everybody else is speaking English. So why are the Asian people speaking you know whatever language they think they're supposed to be speaking?"
1: i I actually really love that because then it was like then it it was really like I was watching my family because of that, that oh, kind oh, of I distancing see. thing of like when for in my family, it was like people speak Korean when they're being romantic or they're fighting. <laughs> so it was like really appropriate for me to like like listen in on their conversations in Korean because it was like, oh, they, they did both. they were being romantic. And they're fighting. So it was like, to me, it felt very homey.
3: Because it was so intimate.
1: It was so right? intimate that it's like, oh, I can't believe they're letting white people hear them. <laughs> you know, that's like, you would never let white people hear that part. So that that to me seemed very legitimate. I think that, uh, yeah, so that was a big breakthrough. Lost with with Daniel. And that, that was a very, very big breakthrough. But then before and that. And then Lucy Liu on. Oh, um, yeah. The uh, Charlie's uh, Angels. Uh, no, no. And and uh, Ally Ally McBeal. Ally McBeal, yeah. I love Lucy Liu. Yeah. She's super cool. She was kind of like the lone, you know, the only one for a while. Like there was right. like, because after us, you know, I just went and did stand-up. And then there was like Lucy Liu in Charlie's Angels and Allie right. McBeal. Right, right. And then, oh, she's in Chicago too. Was she um, in Chicago? She's in Chicago. She's in, Um, she's like one of the heiresses. She's in, I think, um... Like one of the fight sequences, and she shoots her husband, or something like that. Like, but she's really cool. I don't remember. She's that. A, she's a small part in Chicago. I remember she she hosted SNL. But yeah, like I can't even remember like the parts that I was going out for. I was trying to think of like anything that J Lo probably was up for. I I would try to get into. I would try to get it an audition for. Except for Selena, of course, but, you know, like, (laughs) most of the, most of, like, those sort of, like, ingenue that they would entertain this idea, like, we could maybe have... Yeah, yeah. ...an Asian American in there, maybe. Right,
3: right. I think I've just washed the whole thing out of my brain. I'm like, what parts did I go... You know, I was up for, like, The Last Emperor... Ooh. You know things like that, like
1: the the either Joan Chen or the other part, the, no, the Maggie, um, the Maggie. I've forgotten her she, name. She's I don't remember like the, anything anymore. she's like the opium lesbian. Yes, right. in Last Emperor, that's a great yeah, movie. Yeah. So did you meet Bertolucci? Yes. Oh, was he cool?
3: Yes, I met him at the Chateau Marmont. Wow. Yeah, what a meeting! And I had just seen Last Tango again.
1: Mm, that's a great movie. Yeah.
3: And I had heard Brando being interviewed about how he never wanted to be that revealing on film again mm-hmm. and that he had actually had this huge breakdown in that movie mm-hmm. and I sat down, you know, I was a little bit of a rabble rouser in those days. I guess I still am. And I sat down, I said I always wanted to meet the man who got Brando to get to the most intimate part of himself that he broke down. Yeah. And he looked at me like I was like speaking a foreign language. Like (laughs) I thought, Huh. Well that went over really not well. You know, he just was like, Oh,
1: That's weird. It was kind of weird. You would think that he would be so moved by that because here's Uh a movie, I mean, it's like, you know, of course it's a classic and it's a, it's a really crazy movie. If you like, you know, I love, I love it, but it's definitely, you see like Brando so broken up. Right. And, you know, he must have been so influential to break Brando up like that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you know? he
3: didn't have anything to do with it, but he mm. just felt so raw in that movie. And yeah. I just remember that interview that I read. Yeah. Well, and
1: maybe he just knew when to run the camera. Like, you know. There you go. Because some of that stuff, when you watch it, like, it's kind of like, does Brando even know the camera is on him? Like, because he's going into these, like, these, like, memories about his mother. That's right. Being arrested and being drunk and... And all that stuff and um I don't know why Maria Schneider stays in that apartment too. She's so <laughs> just, mean to her. I
3: know. He's just really someone women will deal with anything won't I know. They? I,
1: I I definitely will too. But I mean <laughs> he's hot in it. I mean this is like Brando before the island. Yes,
3: exactly. So he's
1: definitely super hot. Yeah. In it. I mean it was his last gasp of his like hotness. hotness. Yeah. He's probably like in his fifties. Yeah, probably something like that. And he's, you know, got that like camel hair coat and and then maria schneider looks great because you know she's just so uh she's so fresh and she's got like the afghan coat and she's very like 70s paris yeah that hair yeah and all the pubes (laughs) the pubes pubes. (laughs) Pubes and pubes and pubes like so much pubes pubes and butter and pubes (laughs) that movie but when you saw it originally you didn't think pubes did you no because everybody had pubes like that so it was kind of like well you know it wasn't that extraordinary but now then i think i saw it like for the as an adult seeing it like in the 90s and you're thinking oh i'm like oh my god look at those pubes because everybody was getting the the landing strip (laughs) in the 90s and then uh yeah the pubes were like crazy (laughs) That's, that's what the hippies did they did it but uh yeah that i mean but that's cool that you got it i mean Oh, you would have been great in that you would have been would great have, in the last Emperor. And I, I don't know why I didn't get it. I you mean You should have gotten it. I know. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Joan Chen is uh, definitely in that movie is is very different because she kinda goes through it like she's uh, you know, the the sort of princess and then she's like a very like opiate addicted Right you know, crazy after that. Was that what opium does? I guess it makes you crazy at the end.
3: I yeah, don't know. I think it does. Yeah. And you're very addicted to it. Although my uncle when He wasn't really my uncle. It was my mother's boyfriend. It was during the 70s when everybody was doing drugs, or 80s. And he'd say to me, if you ever see some opium around, get me some. Oh. <laughs> and I'd be like, really? Yeah. And he says, yeah, it's really good.
1: I think you can make it if you go early enough to the flower market. You can go and you can buy some poppies and squeeze them. Yeah, but I think I think it's just you've got to go like really, really early. I could never get up early enough to do it. And it's a lot of like you have to like slice it and then boil it and it's poisonous, but you know, you can you you have to know all of this. Well, I you know, I I, uh, there's a side of me that's very experienced with drugs. And so, you know, it was kind of like appealing to my Martha Stewart side to like go to the (laughs) flower market and maybe get Opium there, and make your you make own. It. Yeah. I had it once at a rock festival. Opium, which one? It was Bonnaroo, Uh-oh. and I saw an opium there, and some uh, some people had made it, and uh, yeah, it was very good. It was very good, but it was like so, it's so hard to procure, and it's such a specialty. Yeah, yeah, you know, you would never really be able to get it anywhere.
3: Time intensive if you have to make your own.
1: If you have to make your own, you know, it's like I think it you requires the same skill as like if you've ever made your own yogurt. You could oh, probably yeah. make your own opium. You need the
3: mother load for the Yeah, yogurt. like
1: you need the mother, you need the mother, you need some sourdough starter. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing, but I think, yeah. <laughs> but what we were we talking about
3: before that, you were saying about... Um...
1: Well, like parts that we had like oh, gone out part, for... But those
3: parts um, are not, are far and few between, especially mm-hmm. in those days. Right. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was never really the typical little China doll well I mean it's like are any of us no I don't know if any of us ever really are it's like who was maybe I guess maybe Lucy Liu in a sense but her no, she she Lucy. sort of did her own thing too yeah I mean I think maybe Nancy was, Kwan yeah Nancy Nancy Kwan
3: um, Joan yeah Joan you know, Chen for sure Joan Chen also
1: took her own path yeah, as well
3: later but in the beginning that's how yeah, they saw her that's how right? they saw
1: her I mean and then um, but yeah I like I, like, really think about Nancy Kwan a lot and how, like, how did she fit in? Like, you know, she was able to do so much with so little, with the time. Right. The time period was so strange. But she
3: did Flower Drum Song, which just put her on the map, you True. know. And France Nguyen, who was France in great. From Here to Eternity.
1: And uh, um, Sai Chin. Sai. Sai, who was on our show. Was she on our she show? She was on our show when... We had, that. I feel like we had, um, we had everybody on our we show. Had everybody at some point, but Cy was, she played a part. It was Terry Hughes was directing. I remember that. Right. And, uh, it was one where we sort of had extended family on. So we had quite a, we had a whole bunch of Asians on one oh, time. wow. I <laughs> do she remember that. I don't she remember. She was in there.
3: I don't remember Cy being in that, but,
1: but she, okay. uh, she's really, she's also really great too. She's yeah. in Blow Up.
3: Is she in Blow Up? The Man-
1: Antonio movie.
3: Oh my God, I have to see that again. Yeah. I love that movie. That's a great movie. Oh, great that's a movie. great one
1: just to just to watch. Yeah, just yeah. The- the spectacle. Do you watch movies like by yourself, like at home, like I old do. movies? Yeah. Now everything's streaming. So yes. when I can find somebody streaming and I don't have to pay, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta, <laughs> gotta watch this. And like, uh, like I just watched Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice the other day. Oh yeah,
3: Paul Mazursky.
1: Yeah, I went to fat camp with him one time. You did? Well, it was, he had cancer and I was just fat. So we just went to, the, like, it was a place where you went and you dealt with your problems. So they would like starve you. So he was there dealing with his cancer and I was there um, and uh, we didn't eat anything for a week, but you know, I, I really, you know, I got to spend time with him, but that's a good movie.
3: He's a fun guy. I did the pickle with him.
1: Oh, oh yeah. One of yeah. his
3: last movies with Danny Aiello mm-hmm. and he was, he gave me the job in the room. Yeah. It's only happened to me twice mm-hmm. where I've gone in, done a read. I mean, now you never even see a director, right? You're just right. doing it on camera. For, and yeah. you're lucky you even have a casting director there. Oh, God, the yeah. old days. I really like it when you meet the I like meeting people the director.
1: Are, I know. It's you know, fun, yeah.
3: Not like after they see your tape, but yeah. like in the moment. It's like, great. here you are. I love it. And he just was like, you're great. You've got the part. I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, you have the part. <laughs> but he was um, a really special man. He was a great director. And, uh... The movie was called pickle and i was supposed to show up at danny's hotel room and he's having a fight with his girlfriend or whatever and they were throwing food from the table at Mm. at him right Mm -hmm. and i literally i knock on the door he opens the door and a pickle hits me straight in the head by accident yeah and paul thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen and he was like we're using that shot because it was the pickle.
1: I love it. Well, you're the pickle. You're the best. Now, uh, where's your socials, and how can people vote for you if you're in the union? The Social, uh,
3: XO Jody Long on Twitter, mm-hmm. and also on Instagram. Same mm-hmm. same handle. Uh, they can go to membershipfirst.com. dot com. Perfect. And as you can see, you know, I'm not just running for national secretary treasurer, but. National Board, et cetera., because you never know what's going to happen, right, but we have an incredible list of endorsers. I think you're on the back of that, yes,
1: too. oh great, yeah, uh, i I endorse you. you're endorsed by a lot of people and endorsed by Aquafina, and you're also endorsed by me. yes, so people, please vote if you're in the union, vote for Jody. Thank you, yeah,
3: thank you so much. I'm so happy to like hang out with you. I know I for love a little you. bit. It's here. good to
1: see you I so good to see you. Thank you, Jody. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The The Margaret Show is an Eerios production with editing by Kat Hong and original
0: music by Garrison Starr.
3: Yeah, I'm coming out of the dark.
1: Eerios. Powered by ACAST.